0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Ken Knorr about how to intentionally build your company culture. And Nor, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having me, John. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. I hope you had a great weekend. Um, uh, I'm not sure where you're located, but I'm here in Utah. We got our first snow over the weekend, and uh, so that was kind of fun for, for the kids. And Yeah, and so I'm gonna make you jealous for a minute. I'm in Central Florida, and it's about 82 degrees. <laughs> it is not 82 <laughs> degrees here, that is for sure. Um, but that that's fun. I love Florida. Beautiful yeah. place. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to have a conversation around building company culture with intentionality. Uh, I think that's just such an important topic. Uh, generally speaking, I think that's always an important topic. But particularly right now, amidst a pandemic, um, while everyone's lives are turned upside down, and and leaders are trying to figure out how they can better uh, navigate virtual work, or or people just juggling family care with work and, and everything that the pandemic, uh, you know, brings to the table. Uh, I think doing good culture well in that kind of an environment is even more of a challenge. Uh, so I think we'll have a great conversation. As we get started, I just wanted to read Ken's bio and share that with everybody. Ken Knorr is CEO and founder of the white label digital marketing company that company. Yes, the company name is literally that company. For over a decade, he's built a company that supports marketing firms in providing high quality SEO, PPC, social media, and reputation management services all under their respective brands. With over 400 plus agency partners, the company has become the most widely trusted name in white label services that provides a true end-to-end white label solution that's scalable. Ken is a leader who believes that one plus one equals three, and through his consensus, debate, leadership style, he believes the best solutions are created with his team, not just by himself. And I, you know, I completely agree. We, we find ourselves in organizations with teams of people, hopefully with diverse backgrounds and way of understanding the world. And of course, we should try to leverage their knowledge and wisdom as we try to make good decisions for our organizations. So I, I love your approach and your style. And again, thank you for joining the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll it'll be great to explore company uh culture what you've done in your own organization and what you've also seen as you've worked with uh, many clients over the years absolutely super glad to be here john as we get started anything else you would like to share by way of personal background uh, or context uh, that you think would be helpful for the listeners
1: yeah um i think it's probably good to know i'm a serial entrepreneur so um this is not my first foray um but uh uh, by, by far my most successful. How about that? Uh, but I understand uh, being an entrepreneur and a leader, i spent uh, a period of time in corporate as well. Um, uh, and you know, I think we talk about the subject matter here. You have to realize that, that most humans, um, spend more awake time at work than anywhere else. I mean, we, we all literally spend more time at home or away from work in most cases. Um, but that time, a large chunk of that time is sleeping. Um, and so to me, creating an environment where employees want to be, uh, that they get up in the morning and they, they look at it and they go, I want to go to work. I you know, It's something that I want to do um, is an important thing, uh, and creating a culture and environment around that, um, I think it's critical. Uh, if you, if you don't accomplish that, then you're, you're not going to, uh, well, you, you will have a workforce. I don't know how effective they'll be. I, I think that when they enjoy coming to work, they work harder, they work longer, they work with more intent if they enjoy it. So I think that that sounds kind of crazy. It's not self-serving. Uh, people look at what we do here and, and think that,
0: you know, we must be crazy. Um, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I, you know, anytime you get groups of people together, a culture will emerge. And the the question is, is it an intentional culture? Is it one that fits with the strategy, um, and the value added proposition you're trying to, you know, the competitive advantage that your organization has in the marketplace, uh, or is it just a completely random kind of haphazard type of a culture? And usually when it's haphazard and just what emerges in and of itself, it usually ends up having negative um, elements to it and, right. and aspects of an unhealthy culture. So, so if we want to right. create a dynamic healthy culture that gets people excited about coming to work and the people they get to interact with, the types of work that they're doing, um, then we need to be thoughtful about how we're going to do it. And so as you, I know you talk about intentionality um, sure. around company culture. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that and sure. what we can do as leaders to, to try to have that intentionality uh, as we try to be proactive about creating a culture rather than being reactive or just seeing what emerges in and of itself. Sure. Sure. So I,
1: I think the, the first thing that the conversation, the bedrock of the entire conversation begins with um, well, this is, this is a culture we've adopted within our organization um, uh, towards uh, how we uh, treat our customers, but the bedrock really comes down to relationships. Okay. So relationships are the core of what you're trying to develop and, and, allow so when we look at my organization I've, I I didn't create the culture I created the structure on which the culture can take place right um, and uh, and then of course you know through your leadership team I think making sure that you convey what you want that culture to be um, and, and matters so you have to start you have to start with the understanding that the, the core bedrock is relationships and then from there we build on top of that. Uh, what our expectations are or what our hopes and desires and dreams are for that culture and how we want it to develop. Um, but there are studies out there and I can't, I can't quote which one right off the top of my head, but there are studies out there that talk about employee retention and the number one uh, uh, thing that has the greatest impact on employee retention. Um, it's not pay. It's not uh, work satisfaction with, with a job. It is, or employee retention is driven by the fact that they've developed at least one meaningful relationship at their office or at their place of work. Um, and so fostering an environment that allows employees to actually create those relationships, uh, uh, maintain those relationships, um, and that we're supportive of making sure that those relationships actually happen, um, I think is an important uh, aspect of, of creating that framework for for uh, that, that culture to develop in. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of idioms. These, it's a small little phrases, uh, that, that pack in, I believe a lot of meaning, uh, can be found in a little uh, phrase. And there's a phrase, uh, that, that, that speaks to this and that, that phrase is those that play together, stay together. Um, and, and it's, it's absolutely true. Um, we provide, you know, as a company, we provide white label marketing services, digital marketing services. Um, We're really good at it. It's, I think, unrecognized by people outside of our organization. It's incredibly stressful. Uh, It's a very stressful job. And it's not stress that we put on our employees. It's stress that they self put on themselves. It's self-initiated stress. Uh, They work with clients. And they want their campaigns to work. They want success, and they they they're very hard on themselves about how that those outcomes are. Um, and so, because it's such a high stress environment, um, you've got to break that uh, that stress up. You you have to provide that place for that play to actually occur, um, so that, that people don't cook out and and end up leaving. Um, you know, we. I actually can look out my window. You know, We value our employees so much. Uh, and I'll tell you a little story real quick about how little pieces of it, and all of these little pieces matter. So the, early on, um, we had hired uh, a graphic designer. She was fresh out of college. She was really good. Um, but about 30 days in, uh, she just decided she didn't like graphic design. And it wasn't that she didn't like the design work she didn't like the reality of having to work with clients and that clients are going to pick her, her stuff apart. Right. I I think she just had this vision that she would draw pretty things and that everybody would love it. And she was a good artist. And, you know, and I, I did, I loved her work, but clients aren't that way. Clients will go, I don't like that shade of blue. make it pop. Who the heck knows what the word pop means, but that's the kind of things they'll say and lots of feedback to move this. And you feel like you're now as a graphic designer, you're you're no longer a graphic designer, you're a paintbrush that the client is holding and making you put it on the paper to some degree. Well, anyway, she decided she didn't like graphic design and she decided to leave the company. And she'd only been with us about a month and I see the department head um, take her out for lunch with the whole department um, to wish her well. And I'm thinking to myself, when I watch this, I'm like, really? We're celebrating an employee leaving and we're celebrating an employee leaving after only 30 days. Um, to me, it was a complete failure. We failed to hire the wrong person. We failed to discover this during the process. We had invested the first 30 days, the acquisition of an employee. These are all cost centers uh, about employee acquisition. It costs us time, money, energy, what have you. And I'm like, what are we doing celebrating somebody's leaving? We need to celebrate them staying. Well, how do you celebrate an employee staying? Well, we've got anniversaries. Uh, that, that's one thing to work with. So, Every employee that makes it to a one-year anniversary, we unveil their photograph. We do a big poster of the fo- uh, of the employee, and now it's kind of uh, on it, gotten its legs of its own. They actually give them two posters: one which is usually uh, some kind of a prank poster about their personality or something, and the other which is the official poster. And we have a hallway lined with posters of our employees. And when people come in to join our company or guests or whatever, they walk down and every poster is an employee that's been with us a year, right? So we just value them being here, Like right? We value them taking that. Every employee, don't care what you do. You could be the guy that sweeps the floors. Every employee that's been with us for five years gets reserved parking space. It's silly, but it's, it's saying to my employee, you, I value you. You get the special spot that you can park at closer to the door with a sign in front of it with your name on it. And I remember the company that I'd worked for, this was when I was in corporate, where I was an executive and I had my own private parking spot. When I became an executive, I started as a director and then became vice president. And when I became the vice president, I got the spot and I was like, oh, it's so freaking cool to pull up to your own spot. See Ken Knorr right there, you know, reserve parking. And I thought, why would I not give that, that little, it cost me like as a company, 30 bucks to put a sign out there. Why would I not put the metal street sign out there that, that says that, right? And so you get that at five years and then we give you a little, uh, uh, like a bolt on bottom one uh, that says six years, seven years, eight years, nine years and 10 plus. So we, out in the parking lot, we're just like recognizing our employees and, and because of uh, all of this cultural thing, I got a whole stack of five-year parking spots out there, right? Where your average stay-to-day uh, in a millennial in a company is a sub a year. It's sub a year. I got stacks of five-year guys and ones with 10-year plaques on them, uh, you know, out in the parking lot. Um, so this is just like one of those things. Is we, but it starts with that, first of all, the recognition of employees, but going back to that relationship right you we have to foster these relationships between employees um and so i'll give you another just an example of one of the things we do with intent Uh, again um these evolved over time kind of organically we don't know that we intended to start with that there was an intention there but it was like that's a really neat idea let's do that um so this one we stole from fsu uh my daughter went to florida state and um it's funny how they call the end speech a commencement because that's against commencing in the rest of the world but the beginning one where they first go as a freshman uh orientation the the huge auditorium uh uh filled with all the freshmen uh on the on the basketball floor basically at the bottom And surrounded by parents in the upper stands, and all these students are sitting in their chairs. And they tell them, you know, below their chair, there's a bag and it's got all the, you know, uh, FSU paraphernalia, uh, you know, uh, pins and, you know, bumper stickers, whatever. But in 10% of those bags was a coin. And they said, when you get that coin out of the bag, um and FSU has this thing with three torches and each of the torches has a a, a specific meaning okay i don't want to go down to FSU's thing but the the idea was when we give you this coin as a student only 10% of the student body is going to get a coin but your job is to get rid of it your job is to as you walk along the campus or as you interact with other students you um you're going to see somebody exhibiting one of the qualities mentioned in the three torches right um and then you get rid of that coin and you give it to that student and you tell them hey i I saw you do this you were you know helping a puppy or it doesn't matter or you helped somebody study or you made good grades or you participated in a classroom discussion whatever it was you give the coin away and then once they get the coin their job is to give it away again they're never supposed to keep the coin it's supposed to be in constant movement And I thought, what a really cool idea for us as an employer.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
1: What if we were to put a coin into our company um, and it started at one and now we have four? Um, We put a coin out into our company, and the employee's job was to give that coin away to another employee um, and recognize them for anything. We don't care if it was work-related or away from work-related, right? Just recognizing another employee for an accomplishment or recognizing them for a value we hold dear to us as an organization. And we printed on the outside of that coin, I've actually got one sitting right here in my desk. This is the 20, I don't know if my image shows up well enough, but that's the 20... 20 coin right now it's got the the company uh employees uh designed the back side of the coin and the front side of the coin has our building on it and whatnot but on the on the one side of the coin it has some qualities we consider to be good from a work standpoint hardworking, integrity knowledge helpful training uh, on the back side are some personal qualities that we uh did inspiring um gen- uh, generous, honest, kind and thoughtful um and those are the words that we you know we threw on it just to give some inspirational ideas but then we give a coin out and we put it out in a circulation and we said you know what a- on friday um we do a company we-, we do company-wide meetings on mondays and fridays um usually just quick get the others so, but on friday afternoon um we do a uh uh what we now call coin meeting um and the idea is that if you've got the coin you need to give it you need to give it away and so the first one we did like that they they gave the coin and they made a little speech you know about the reason they chose it and that was fine the next time we gave a coin away they gave a little speech and somebody else spoke up and said can i say something too about that person we said sure and the next thing you knew it naturally evolved into what we now refer to as the pylon so an employee gives away a coin to another employee and then any employee in the entire organization can say something about that person. Do you know what a positive freaking impact that is at the end of the week? That you had a really tough week. It's been hardworking, whatever. But at Friday, this, this love fest turns on inside of our organization. It's crazy, man. I've had employees in tears over what people are saying. I personally have been in tears when receiving a coin Oh, and what some of the, uh, my employees have said to me uh, during that, that coin meeting. We now have four out there, so we give away a coin every week. Um, and it used to be an honest-to-goodness coin that when it was a coin, it was a poker chip. And it was given, and it would just pass along. But then we decided to mint a coin. And so you give a coin to the recipient, but you get to keep one. So they, people are now collecting them on their desolate little badges all over. And, and here's the thing. In a normal corporate environment, your boss is the one that speaks up, right? Your, or your boss is the one that gives you an employee feedback, both positive and negative feedback. Typically, though, managers, just the normal style of management and the way that we do things is that we manage by exception, okay? So when everything is going well, we don't pay a lot of attention to that. It's going the way it's supposed to. When something goes wrong, that's where a manager comes in to fix, right? We, we fix things. We straighten out processes, we straighten out employee problems, we straighten out all kinds of things, customer issues, whatever. But because we're managing by exception, your management team gets to see just the negative side of the world most of the time. If everything is going well, we, don't, we, we pay no attention to that, we ignore that, because it's not a useful part of our time. But what happens when we put this coin program in place is that managers all of a sudden saw employee to employee interactions that were saying, look at what this employee is doing that's good and it's a normal thing. But I didn't even know that was happening. I didn't even know that that good stuff was going on, that that person was being really helpful to this other person or that person is the person you could count on to do that. Or did you know that this in person, uh, Joe, every morning every morning goes and says hello to everyone in the entire company. And when we went remote because of COVID and we dispersed out, he continued to say hello in Microsoft teams to everyone every morning individually. He just took that time to do that. And people like appreciate it, man. I I, I trade a personal meme with Joe every day and you would have no idea that's going on zero visibility into that until we put this program into place and our employees self recognize So there is very little chance that you as a, as an employee of my company will not be recognized for doing quali- something of quality because you're not dependent on your manager to do it. And uh, I, I don't, we, we keep records are unofficial of who receives coins just because we, the HR department hands them out. You know, um but I've looked at it and there isn't a person in our company that throughout the year that doesn't get a coin. We give out, you know, fifty-two coins a year and they get spread, man. And um and that's amazing. And it's amazing to hear the things that come out of that, the bonding that happens between employees. Because when you're saying something good about somebody, they remember that they, they, they feel valued as an employee, and it's really hard for one of my employees to come to work here and not feel valued. It's, it's almost impossible um, because of that. So there's, there's a couple of programs.
0: That, that's awesome. Those are great examples. And I love um, the focus on valuing your people. So clearly, a, you know, a, value, a core value of your organization is that you want your people to be recognized. You want them to feel appreciated. Uh, you want them to build um, meaningful relationships with each other as a means to support each other. Right. And so as, as your company culture starts to emerge, uh, you, you start to put in place these different practices and, and they, they spin up organically, but as they gain some traction, you know, sometimes it's like throwing a piece of spaghetti against the wall, you see what sticks, but it, it, it's meaningful. People value it. And so then it's, it's, really easy then to to do that parking spot or have that poster in the hallway or do this coin thing. It costs almost nothing. It's low cost or no cost uh, ways to, to create the scaffolding for a really meaningful, healthy culture. And, and what you're doing, you know, doesn't necessarily, um, work everywhere. Right. So, so anyone listening, they can say, well, those are great ideas and maybe they try to implement it at their organization. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Um, that's not really the point. It's not to say these are like the, the go-to silver bullet tactics that are going to create your really positive culture. The point is you're listening to your people. You're seeing what is emerging you know what you value and what you want to um, promote in terms of values um, f- for a, a healthy culture. And then you, w- when, these types of practices start to emerge, you, you fan the flame, right? You, you help them really take hold. Uh, so I think that's, that's really, really great. Right. Um, go ahead. No, I
1: was just going to say, so on the, uh, on the flip side of that, we, we value transparency. And I'll say the flip, but you—it it, sounds—it sounds almost contradictory. We we value um, transparency. We value um, uh, somebody being able to speak up uh, about anything. So we very much have, and you you mentioned it in an intro, um, very much have uh, implemented a a culture of debate um so and i'll give you a, a, this kind of back in my own history so, so i have two children um both of which are adults now um both of which kind of, uh, uh, interestingly enough i am blessed to be able to work with one as a vice president of my company another is a department head um and my son who's my oldest um at about 11 years of age i pulled him aside and said um like uh I, I'm going to have a sit down conversation here. Um, and I am going to give you the right to disagree with me. You're my son. I'm in a parent child relationship. There's a psychology piece here, right? There, you're, there are adult, ad, adult relationships and parent child relationships as the two core types of relationships between, between people. Um, and I needed to transition him from a parent child relationship into the coming into the teen years into an adult relationship. And and one of the things I need to do is grant him permission to disagree. Look, you have a, you're 11, you're gonna, you're, I'm gonna make you do things or tell you to do things or I'm gonna put rules in place and things are gonna happen. And you have my permission to disagree with me. Now, there are some ground rules on how you can disagree with me. You can debate me, you can, you can have a, an energetic debate with me. Uh, you can debate with your mom, same thing, you can disagree with her. Um, you, never, uh, you never raise your voice. At, at me or her, and you are you always use uh, kind words and understand that if you disagree with me, or, and you start and it starts to get to a place where you've raised your voice, or you're getting overly emotional, or you're saying you know unnice things while disagreeing, I will shut it down. I will become the parent again and say, The argument is now over, the debate is now over, see you later. Uh, decision uh, is made. And, and that worked really well. I, w- I was amazed at how well that actually worked with my son um, and then later my daughter uh, that, we have this understanding that you could disagree because I, it, it, you know, so the same kind of culture we developed when we came into our company was, listen, you can disagree. And and I, and that goes all the way down. Any employee can disagree with their manager. Any manager can disagree with their director. Any director can disagree with the vice president. Vice president can disagree with the CEO. Uh, and in fact, an employee can disagree with the CEO. It's okay to disagree. Because when we, when we have conflict, conflict breeds resolution right? If we can, but it has to be respectful conflict, right? It can't be, it can't be the political divide of today in the United States, right? We have disrespectful discourse, and we don't have respectful discourse, and we don't get solution, we end up with, you know, uh, ineffective politicians and uh, ineffective political governing bodies. Same thing in a company, same thing with relationships inside your own family. If you're going to have conflict that's going to be inappropriate or unhealthy conflict, it's not good, but conflict disagreements they're good because that's where we find the middle ground between the two or we find the winning piece and so there is a, a you know uh, a healthy uh, matter of debate now when you get passionate employees you get people that are you know you you're valuing them you go you come back around and you go I value you I reward you for the value, I I care about you as an employee, I get a highly engaged employees, then you're gonna get some very passionate people about where we go and what we should do. But that, man, that's when the whole company is driving you forward. You're no longer the CEO at the top going, you know, follow me. No, you've got everybody behind you pushing you in all these directions. And so another little idiom uh, I'll throw in there and that is, we um we plan we plan through uh democracy we execute through uh, dictatorship so the planning and how we're going to do things and what everybody puts into it but once we agree to it that's what we're going to do that doesn't mean that it's locked forever and that that's what the the only thing but that, that, that healthy place of debate that we're willing to analyze anything, um, also can create some conflict, but it's healthy conflict and it can create, but it can, it can get very passionate where you get two people literally inside of our meetings where we got to go, whoa, let's take it down a notch. And we have some code words amongst management that when we're seeing somebody get emotionally lit, if you will, because their passion is just that much about it. We actually. if I am the one getting lit up, I'll look at somebody because they don't know that they're they're lighting me up. I will look at them and say, I need you to restate that. But that is a signal that you've emotionally kind of messed me up a little bit and I'm getting a little bit defensive or what have you. And the same is true back to them. So they know that if I, uh, if I say something to them, it gets them a little emotional, a little hit. They look at me, can you restate that? And I go, ah, I just. You know, I just messed you up a little bit. I've got you, uh, I've got you emotionally attached now. Hold on a minute. Let's take it down a notch. Let's talk this out some more. But let's continue the debate without doing that. So you have to develop some interesting tools around that. But that's that one plus one equals three part, right? Yeah. I, I believe that you, it, you know, that it's not me making a decision. It's not you making a decision. If you and I put our heads together, actually, we come out with a third thing, which is a whole better. uh uh, outcome uh, and for the success of the organization it just plays so it's a little bit more of an advanced thing in culture but it comes it all kind of comes together if you you can't shut somebody down for bringing an opinion you don't like about how we should do something because you won't get the opinions you do like um, or that, that drive you forward. So you've got to, you've got to get everybody, uh, lit, you know, going encouraged to participate. Um, yeah. but I think that all kind of ties together, man, of this culture piece.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's excellent. Um, Ken, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Uh, wealth of knowledge and insight. I really appreciate the idioms as well. Uh, that's something that I really, uh, enjoy myself also. Um, I think you've given a lot of really great ideas to listeners today, sure. and I want to thank you for for joining us and, and for sharing. Before we part ways today, though, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out sure. more about what you're up to, um, and just give us the last word. Absolutely. Um,
1: you want to reach out to our company, which, is like I said, we do digital marketing. White label, it means that we actually do the marketing for uh, the agencies. We're the marketing company for agencies. We do all the work behind the scenes, and your clients don't know we exist, but we also do work directly. Um, But that's an easy brand to remember, www.thatcompany.com. Not this company, but that company. Um, Actually, this company owns that company. I'm not kidding. My parent organization is this company, and one day we will open the other, so we'll have this, that, and the other. But at the moment, we're just that company. Um, So come business there. Uh, if you want to catch me on social media at Ken Knorr, uh, it's my Twitter handle, K E uh, N K N O R R. And, uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn as well. Um, Ken at that company, um, the final word, what would I tell you is the final word relationships, man, relationships matter. Uh, they do. It's the core of everything. Um, uh, we would be, uh, if, if we could just, you know, focus on our relationships on a personal level, a professional level. Um, and in the world, uh, it's a more enjoyable life. Uh, it, it is, that's really what it's about. Um, at the end of the day, uh, at, at, the end of the li- at the end of your life, it's not the stuff that you take home with you. It's the impact you've had on others. And that's the stuff that'll be long outlive you um, is the impact you've had on others. And hopefully they continue that impact for generations to come. So if you can just make it about relationships at the center of your world, I think you have a more enjoyable life and a more impactful life. There you go.
0: Excellent. Amen. Um, Ken, again, thanks for joining me, uh, listeners. I hope you'll reach out, get connected with, with, uh, Ken and and find out more about what he and his company can do for you and just connect, get connected on social media. Um, as always, thanks everyone for joining us. I hope you all stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great.